Weird Norfolk is a magical collection of the unusual and inexplicable in the county. From folklore to ghosts, witchcraft to natural wonders, magic to enchanted places, we tell the kind of stories you share on dark nights around a campfire. I'm Stacia Briggs and I write Weird Norfolk. And I'm Shifa Connor and I curate Weird Norfolk. Okay, I'll say it. On this week's... No, what? Went, oh, yeah, no, you can't say that. <laughs> I was going to say, because I always say, welcome to Weird Norfolk. Okay, <laughs> welcome to Weird Norfolk. And this week, we're going to be talking about the ghost, or was it, at Morley Old Hall. During a televised example of how a ghost hunter worked at Morley Old Hall, close to Wyndham, in 1964... Parapsychologist Anthony Cornell said he could find no evidence of the ghost which others had claimed to see at the 16th century manor house. Five viewers of the Anglia programme, however, disagreed, contacting the broadcaster to say they'd spotted a hooded monk on screen. A further 27 saw the monk or priest in the footage when it was repeated, with some experts claiming that the monk seen by viewers was the ghost of Alexander de Langley, one-time prior of Wyndham, who became insane through overstudy and was said to have committed a terrible crime in the hall. <laughs> so. I love this story. I know I always say that. But I do good. really like this one. We were, I, we've watched the video. I didn't it's know. Did amazing. you order the DVD, or did you have you found it? online? I found it online. Okay, so I when I first researched this, I couldn't find it anywhere online. So I actually managed to get my hands on a copy on DVD from a company called Time Reel, and they have this. It's a really good collection of um, supernatural East Anglia, and it's got loads of clips from like the fifties through to the eighties. And this particular um, documentary is on it. And it's actually really atmospheric. It's isn't incredible. It? It's really quite scary, it, it begins, even though like, nothing happens. It's like real Scooby Doo at the yeah. beginning, isn't it? A and kind of mystery machine draws up to this to like Morley derelict hall, like yeah. derelict hall, and then they get all their kit out, and it's all proper like, music, yeah, and yeah, yeah, very haunting music actually. It's incredible. It's called the unknown, yeah, isn't it? Really impressive. So, and I think the funny thing about this is obviously they they do very serious and it is serious yeah and actually they don't take the mickey do they no not at all and tony cornell actually is a really respect or was he died in 2010 he was a really respected i really like him he comes off really well on here really nice he's got a lovely face yeah he has um but he yeah so he basically sets out and and spoiler says morley old hall is not haunted and then all hell lets yeah so they they showed they aired it and it's at a time when you couldn't re- rewind stuff, yeah, which is I think partly what makes yeah. it so interesting. And they aired it, and people wrote in saying we saw something. Mm. So they aired it again, um, and more people wrote in to say they saw this monk, mm. this the face of this. It was almost like so. Some of the um... did you watch that bit over again? Oh my god, I watched it like yeah. twenty times. Yeah, me too. It's a kind of section right at, towards the end of the programme, isn't it? Mm. And the programme itself must be about 20 minutes. Yeah, like that segment. Is uh, that segment is about yeah. 20 minutes long. 
and they are the interviewer is talking to Tony by a window, a kind of bricked up window, really, isn't it? Yeah, or, it's hard to tell. Or I a think. shuttered window. Yeah, but it's very distressed. All the yeah, window because they're pulling very... everything apart and renovating, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. And he's talking to him next to um, this window, obviously in. He says he's talking to him at four four o'clock. And yeah, it's at the end of the day. It's like really tell if it was four a.m. I think it's yeah, four a.m. They've gone through the night. So. It's in a dark room that's lit for the camera, lots of shadows, and as he talks to Tony, the camera pans away from the interviewer, so it's just on Tony's face, mm. isn't it, and him yeah. answering the questions. Yeah. And the shadows are definitely dancing in the background, aren't they? Yeah. Um, would you say you saw anything? I didn't. I, it's it's really frustrating because when I first the first time I watched it because I'd read all of the witness statements which yeah. we will share in a moment. I was like expecting to like see something just there, and I watched it the first time. I was like, oh no, and then I thought, oh well, maybe yeah. I watched it a couple more times. So, oh well, maybe I'm looking at the wrong bit because I was trying to look at the windows, yeah. like the actual window yeah. openings. So I was like, maybe they saw something in the because it is really distressed so maybe there was uh, there is a word for it when you could see faces and Mm. things isn't there yeah so then i'm wondering if they actually saw because it they described it one as like a skull like face a a hooded skull hooded skull yeah i thought maybe they'd seen it in the woods there's definitely shadows you would say that they relate to the interviewer i would Mm. say or indeed tony's head yeah Having said that, the one time I thought, oh, although this would make sense, the one time I kind of thought I caught something out of the corner of my eye was the time I'd looked away, if that makes sense. So you think to yourself, if you're watching this, and just to give you a flavour, I took the first line down of From Unknown. So you have, it's black and white, isn't it? Mm. The film starts, as I said, with like this van that looks like the mystery machine from Scooby-Doo, kind of coming along a driveway parking up and and a huge crew yeah, getting out yeah, actually we not see that these days um but um and it says we are here to track if possible some sound or echo shadow of substance of the ghost of morley old hall in england in norfolk what goes on beyond this place and this time i mean that's the tone yeah. that's set and i can see that at the end of this program if you're watching this in the evening and if you've just watched all the other stuff i mean in addition to them going to morley old hall they also go to mannington yes which and is they interesting the owner there, don't they? which is an amazing interview yeah. because he's smoking throughout <laughs> simon carter not only that but when we are we are uh, digressing but when he they go to mannington they talk about uh they talk about a, 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 the ghost of a man who's seen in the dining room, yeah, don't they? Yeah. And the ghost of the man in the dining room basically doesn't really do much. He's just reading, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. And um, he's seen in 1879 by Dr. Augustus Jessup. And then they they interview the, the then owner of the hall who says... <laughs> I had to write it down because it was so good. So the interviewer says, you know, has anybody else seen this this ghost in Mannington? And he says, no, no, nothing. Anybody seen anything else? Well, he says, we have a room at the top of the stairs that has a mild form of poltergeist in it. <laughs> this was exercised in, I believe, 1912 and then walled up for 50 years. <laughs> and, and the kind of interviewer stops and he says, you know, wind rushes rushes through the room, doors open, lights turn on and off. Apart from that, nothing more alarming. That's it. He's like so blasé about it, yeah. like with his cigarette as well. Nothing more alarming than that. Nothing more alarming <laughs> than a poltergeist, poltergeist bricked into our attic. 
<laughs> Nothing more alarming. I was like, Jesus. And then he says at the end, his wife has experienced all this, and there he says, no one other than Jessop saw anything visual, although we live in hope, I must say. <laughs> really? Jesus. Anyway... That's Mannington, one for another day, I yeah, feel. Yeah, we did we get can... a bit of muddle with this as well, didn't we? Which is yeah, because Anglia it's... makes a mistake. Yeah, Anglia makes a mistake. So I contacted Schaefer and I said, oh my God, I think our story's wrong because um, loads of it is attributed to Mannington and that's by Anglia and, and we were right. Yeah, so it, so yeah. Schaefer pointed out we were right. Of course, of we, course were right, we were right, obviously. <laughs> but back to Borne So, So some of the witnesses who wrote in with what they saw, these are what hmm. they, they said. There was a Mrs... Hayden from Bronham. I don't think is that in Norfolk. Bronham. I don't know. I suppose Anglia goes out a long way, yeah. doesn't it? She said both my daughter and myself certainly saw the outline of a priest to the right of the speaker and to the left of the interviewer. Mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Carter from Lincolnshire said the figure was very clear, enabling Mrs. Carter to create a drawing of the lurking figure. Although I've not seen that drawing. I would love to see that drawing. I'd like you to pronounce not the next witness, whose name is Astonishingly uh, uh, Halloween. Yes, I've actually put best name ever. Best name mark. ever. <laughs> so the best named ever witness was Elvira Panetta of Norwich. Such a Halloween name. I think she was name. called Elvira. Elvira. Do you think she, that was her name? I don't think it was. No. I don't think it was. Both my mother and I saw the monk looking through the window. He is cowled, bearded, and his hands are slightly raised. And here's another great name, Nora Cononino of Suffolk explained, it looked to me like a skull with a hood, and then, as the gentleman went on talking, it seemed to come forward and peer in. At that moment, (laughs) it distinctly turned into a gaunt-looking face with a horrible leer upon it. But that's it, so hearing those, or reading those, I was like, right... Yeah. I'm ready for this. I'm going to see this ghost. It's literally on screen now. Yeah, you do watch that segment. So there's a, that is, as we say, towards the end of this segment about Morley Old Hall. And they're standing in front of this window, which isn't open. It's in the middle of the night. And there's a, there's a distinct shadow behind mm. it. I did see the distinct shadow, but I just assumed that that was a shadow. Because the lighting is like... Those standing lights, isn't They're clearly it? trying to make it look creepy, yeah. and they do manage that, yeah. to be fair, don't they? Yeah, they do. So I think, if you don't mind, if you can share the YouTube link, yeah, we'll, we'll send it to me yeah, and we can, we'll do. share it so people can watch it to yeah. their heart's delight. Yes, I've Just watched keep it many it times. over and over again. <laughs> keep watching it until you see something and then write in. And if you could make it creepier than a gaunt-looking face with a horrible leer, yes. that would be great. I mean, I don't know what the... I was a little bit confused with the timeline on this anyway. I feel like they went to Morley Hall because they'd heard these reports by Mrs. Pay, is it Mrs. Plant? Oh, Mrs. Ruth Miss Plant. Ruth Plant. I think that she'd heard tales that the... Because she's interviewed in that documentary, isn't she? She so, is, um, but that documentary was in 1964, and yeah. she says in our piece that she stayed there in 1966. Yeah, so it's a little. I'm, I'm a little bit confused. It was definitely yeah. they definitely said plant. Yeah, they definitely did with yeah. plant. So she's interviewed in this as well, and says that, and says she she didn't feel anything overnight, but when she woke up, yeah, she was kind of. In fact, on the Anglia thing, she kind of said she was compelled towards well, the Well, this is exactly what it says in the ED... So, she was interviewed in the EDP in ni- on the 15th of September 1966, where she 
tells exactly the same story as she tells in the TV show in 64, which was, um, so she said, I have cut this down a little bit because it was a bit long. Um, At a window of the 15th century Norfolk home, there has appeared, so it is said, the face of a beautiful woman, the ghost of a lady who generations ago used to stand at the same window for her favourite viewpoint of an old world garden. The legend so fascinated Miss Ruth Plant that she spent the night in the vicinity of the window at Morley Old Hall. Miss Plant, who devotes a good deal of her time to psychical research, told me that, in the morning, I walked across a landing and felt the presence of someone beautiful wanting me to look out of the window. My friend said she had the experience of hearing heavy breathing and the rustle of material such as of a woman's dress. So... That is exactly the same as she says in yeah. in the report. So it's a little bit confusing. But what is interesting is this vision of this woman is meant to be seen at the window and this monk was seen at the window. And monks wear habits that look a bit like dresses. Yeah, and also... The heavy breathing is a bit weird, isn't it? Heavy breathing is... Unless no. it was just Miss Plant. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> She's a heavy breather. She'd just run up the stairs. In her sleeping bag. Yes, that exactly. was a rustle. Rustle. Oh, she had some crisps. Yeah, but she wasn't sharing. Yeah. She's trying to hide them. <laughs> We've sorted that one out. But, <clears> and <throat> I guess, like, if it was a lady that had, like, long hair, that could look like a hood. If it wasn't like a... But she says she felt the presence of someone beautiful. She doesn't actually say... How would you say... know if it's a beautiful person? I don't know. But you how, would you, the how would you of... feel compelled to go to the window? Mm. exactly the same way at no point does she describe it also says someone beautiful yeah so it doesn't even say a woman it just says someone it could uh, be a yeah. beautiful monk i guess that's the st- the story is i mean i suppose we should possibly paint a picture for our listeners of morley old hall which is a stunner yeah isn't i it? mean it's be and now it's a bed and breakfast and i would really like to stay there mm. their description actually i really like their description on their website did you read it I, I did, but I would suggest that that possibly may have been very similar to one the Daily Mail wrote. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Unless the Daily Mail wrote, nicked it from them, one of them has. Okay, so on the B&B, yeah, it says, Morley Old Hall is steeped in romantic history, which you sense when you make, the way down, make your way down the chestnut tree-lined drive. As it bends ever so slightly, and you spy your first glimpse of the ethereal hall, you'll catch your breath. There is an atmosphere of tranquillity that embraces the grounds and one immediately feels at peace. Morley Old Hall is a stunning Elizabethan and iconic grade one listed country home defended by an Anglo-Saxon moat and steeped in mystery. And didn't um, I see that the first wife of Peter Shan Kidd, stepfather of Diana, Princess of Wales, lived yeah, there? Yeah, I saw that as well. I mean... We found in the archives at the UDP some really good pictures of Morley Old Hall before it was renovated. And, I mean, even then it was, like, perfect for ghost hunting. So it's built in... It was built by um, Sir Jonathan Sedley, who was the architect to Henry VII and Henry VIII. Started in 1545 and remained in the Sedley family until the 1790s. Um, It's an E-type, not like a Jaguar. It's an (laughs) E-type building, which is the same kind of Tudor Hall as Wolf Hall. Okay. Mary Mantell's Wolf Hall. And uh, fact, people think it's E-type because it was for Elizabeth, so... 
but it is oh so it's like made in like the shape of an e yeah so it's like it comes so you've got a, a long gallery and then oh, the rooms and then the come off room, it yeah and people used to think that it was because of elizabeth the first and it's not oh. so there you go that's oh. that out of the way isn't it it was actually it's after me nice eustacia <laughs> that's why they did it um, but yeah, apparently it was just a natural evolution of design, which yeah. is boring. Why do they bother debunking myths that are Some, like good? Yeah, just, I would just stick with yeah, that. Yeah, just say I. She really wanted all buildings to be to in be, her initials. Well, and she's the queen, so why? She's the queen. Why shouldn't so she? let's just say that it was. Let's change it. it was yeah. that? That's that is, good, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good fact. <laughs> I know, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> and Wyndham was big in Tudor times. Um, the Church of Saint Mary and Saint Thomas of Canterbury, which is where the abbey was, mm-hmm. um, was an incredibly large church, had an unfinished west tower, and in Tudor times, William Kett, of course, who took part in the revolution, um, was captured, sentenced, and hung from it. Mm. Yeah, so he dangled from there for quite some time. Mm. So that might have been the view she was looking at. Yeah, maybe. Well, they should have needed quite powerful eyes. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not that close to Wyndham. Wyndham's like the biggest, closest, closest, biggest town. Closest and biggest town. Yeah. Closest biggest town. Closest it is. biggest to town. To where? That doesn't make sense, does it? To, to any town. <laughs> to Morley. It is. Cl- it is. You're right, yes. <laughs> and but, there's another, we were saying before, that there's two Morley Halls, which aren't there? Doesn't, that's why it's Morley Old Hall. Not Morley Hall. Morley Hall. What was do you that, know about Morley Hall? Well, not very much. I think, I'm, I'm, think it was some kind of like school at some point. It was a school. Do you know yeah. why I know that? Because I printed your notes off. Did you? Then <laughs> <laughs> you read them. <laughs> it was a school, yes. It was a school, and I think it's um, Victorian. And I got really excited because when I was doing the notes for this, I found that Morley Hall was a hostel for maladjusted children from 1951 to 1953. So you can but it's imagine. It's not very long then. You can imagine. No. You can imagine all my poltergeist antenna mm. kind of going crazy. And then I looked at it and thought, that isn't the same hall. It's really interesting because I found on um, a website called Wyndham College Remembers. And yes. they did talk about Quite Morley good. Hall. Yeah. And that's where all those really yeah. good... And then I was I like, I got really excited, like yeah. you, obviously. And I then know. I was like, well, hang on a second. It's the wrong one. But there is a one about Morley Old Hall, yeah. um, which I'll read. It says... Um, a few of us were once on Sunday walks when by accident we ended up at Morley Old Hall. None of us had heard of the place, but it was completely derelict and ob- obviously just waiting to be explored. Amazing. Joy. I can't remember who I was with, but recall going up the stairs with one other person and into a room. Suddenly, we were both overcome with a feeling of panic, ran down the stairs, out of the house, and we never went back. A couple of years later, after I had left Wyndham... I was watching a programme about ghosts on Anglia television when I heard them mention Morley Old Hall, which apparently had a reputation of being haunted. I could feel my flesh creep as I'd been unaware of its ghostly past. The following week, there was a follow-up on TV as some viewers rung in to say that they had seen a mysterious figure in the background of the television. Ooh. That actually <laughs> said, ooh. Does it say? Yeah. Ooh. ooh. Uh, by Bill Johnson. So, obviously... It had an atmosphere even before yeah. the TV show. I don't... I, I would be really disappointed if there was a Tudor mansion anywhere that wasn't haunted. Mm. I think that would be a real letdown. Yeah. I really think if you saw a Tudor mansion and they were like, no, nothing. But to be fair, other than this, I couldn't find... Because I don't want to put anyone off going to the B&B. Looks lovely. 
It looks really nice, yeah, actually. Really I does. would like to stay there. Yeah. But I've not found any recent stories. No, of, um, and And at the time, Tony Cornell, he was like, I... We, and pick. he knew his stuff. He knew his, like, really knew his yeah, stuff. He really and did. he wasn't like, um, so he was with the SPR, who are renowned for being very scientific and very objective. Is that the right yeah. word? So yeah. they don't get caught up in kind of fanciful uh, and shenanigans. And you see that he's recording, they're laying down kind of, yeah. I was about to say ghost traps, aren't they? <laughs> like mouse traps, but for ghosts. Um, and, and they're doing everything. And and he d- he has found yeah. activity before. Yeah. It's not so, like he's a he's a naysayer. No. Who... So he had like fifty years of investigating in total. Obviously, mm. not at that point. Um, and although he would come, to, he had come to the conclusion that most paranormal cases turn out to have some kind of natural explanation, whether that's just the wind or people playing pranks or whatever. He he did believe that. There was something there. Like, was he a so, stone taper? Yeah, no, I don't know if he was. He said that out of 800 cases he investigated, 20% were difficult to explain. That's a lot. That's actually quite a lot. I, and, would, and say, I would expect that 80%, if not more, would be e- not easily explainable, but explainable. Hmm. So on, on his like Wikipedia page, it says, um, Cornell was not just another debunker, but understood mm. and often remarked that ghosts and paranormal activity had been recorded throughout human history. And so there was clearly something else going on that we did not understand and which known science could not understand, thus requiring careful, level-headed and dispassionate investigation. So because he has that attitude, I feel like you can't ignore that he was like, this place hasn't got anything. He's much less um, of the... I feel there's something here, but yeah, he wouldn't he? say that. Whereas we, we say would. that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> say I just that all feel the... like I, this. I is... know that there's. I don't need to do it. I don't yeah, need I to just lay feel a ghost like trap. It. I just know it's fine. But I do really respect that kind yeah. of um, yeah, passionate kind of because we do get very hit up, hit up about places like yeah. if we feel somewhere's magical and that we just but like really it. Really, it just has to look magical, doesn't yeah, it? And then we're there, aren't we? Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Looks spooky. There's a ghost. Yeah, we believe you. No problem. Yeah, but I don't. We are. We are not of the. I mean, you do have some equipment. I don't. I literally have my eyes and my ears. Yeah. And my soul. <laughs> Whereas you have some stuff, don't not you? Not much. I've a got bit of stuff. Yeah. Pete bought me um uh just like a little recording device, yeah. and I've obviously got the podcast kit. Yeah. But that's it. But that's it. And your ears and your and soul and, and your heart soul. and all the rest of it. Yeah. So there is a theory as to who this ghost, who the monk that they saw was, yeah, and he's a he's he a weird a really Norfolk good... favourite, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does have a good story, which Alexander I saw from your notes you'd written down. Delangley. So... I have written it down. Have you not written it down? <laughs> no. I just said... Well, maybe I haven't written it down. Maybe, you, maybe you're wrong and I haven't got it down. We So what we did in Weird Norfolk is we did the first story about the ghost on telly. And then we, the next week, went into who the Mad Monk of Morley Hall could have been. And, yeah, so he he gets about a bit, mm. our boy. Um, he also really liked Bin and Priory. Have I told you anything there about is Bin a, and Priory? I'm sure there's an interesting fact about Bin and Priory. Would it be that my brother-in-law put the electrics in at Bin and Priory? <laughs> I think I might have heard that. Except I'm not sure he did. 
But um, let's go with that he did. So when it lights up, that's him. Anyway, um, so he pops out to Bill. Who wouldn't pop to Bill and Pie? Yeah. It's so well oh, lit. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go. Um, <laughs> which was founded in 1091, not by my brother-in-law, and was once home to a Benedictine com- community of monks more than 400 years. Interestingly, Wyndham Abbey, also Benedictine monks. So, and same, so that's why he's linked. Yeah, his, his flitting... Um, the monk appeared at the Priory, or has appeared, many times. I do love the fact that when you go back to old reports in the EDP in the evening news, and I do try to do this sometimes if I get carried away, but they were so lyrical. You know, I, I think I might be carried away myself if um, in, into a van with a net if I wrote uh, like this all the time. But in the evening news in April 1935, when the night is dark and dismal, the stranger standing amongst fragments of old walls of Binham Priory would not find it difficult to visualise his eerie surroundings as the setting for a ghost story. A reporter wrote, I've even put somewhat poetically, because <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> um, the inhabitants of Binham are now discussing the report of the appearance of the ghost of a black-hooded monk in the parish church, which was the nave of the Priory in olden times. The vicar said he'd been told the story in confidence by a lady of position. Mm, I wonder who that was. I don't know. It reminds me now of yoga. Maybe she was in the downward dog. <laughs> Some time ago, this woman was present at an evening service in the parish church and saw a figure on a ledge near the church oh, door. Yeah. She watched the phantom, which resembled a Benedictine monk, resembled wearing a black cowl, walk slowly along the ledge. After walking along the ledge for the length of the church, the spectre disappeared. During its journey, it climbed some spiral stairs. Mr. Carroll could not give the name of the lady who was supposed to have seen the figure, as he was sure she would not like to be interviewed, even if her name was not divulged. Mm. Proper posh, then. Yeah. The lady was not very imaginative. (laughs) They say that a lot in things, don't they? So rude. I remember they said it in the one about the haunted house at Thurston, that the the, family were... The rurals, (laughs) the rustics couldn't have made it up. Yeah. It's really mean. Well, this lady, she may have been posh, but she had no imagination... While she was certain that she'd seen the monk-like figure as had been described, she feared the story would be ridiculed. And we just did. Yeah. We ridiculed her, not the story. Yeah. So that's no, the story okay, we're it? fine with. The story's fine. Mr. Carroll went on to say the villagers had stated that they'd seen the figure of a Benedictine monk near the entrance to the priory at the jail gate. So more witnesses have seen it over the years, a I mean, dark he, figure like a monk. He had a really brutal end, didn't he? He, had a re- he was immured, wasn't he? Immurement, which is easy for me to say. Yeah, so he, when his behaviour could no longer be tolerated, he was once prior Did it say Wyndham. what his behaviour was? It said he, he had frenetic outbursts. Hmm. Do you think that's like mania? I don't now? know. That'd be like being manic. I'm sure it's not the dumb frenetic thing Frenetic to... is moving around yeah, a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. Or is that kinetic? That's kinetic. What's that's frenetic? Carrie. <laughs> what is frenetic? If you're frenetic about saying it is you moving yeah. kind of yeah. So like being manic. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have thought that would have been good if mm. you were a religious preacher personally. I suppose mm. not Benedictine, they were very simple. Mm. Um you know. Not many of our monks or, or um nuns in Norfolk who uh, were quite a lot of them were a bit to the bad, weren't they? Mm. But anyway, he um was flogged and kept in solitary confinement at Binham until he died. Which is really harsh if he's just... Yeah, really harsh. Um, and he was walled up in his fetters 
after the abbot of St Albans failed to exorcise the devil that possessed this prior of Wyndham. Mm. He was sent in chains to Binham from Wyndham with instructions that flogging and two copious effusions of blood might prove more efficacious. But in vain, for the monks in despair, they thought it better to put an end to his raving by walling him up in his chains. How could that be better? I know. Well, I suppose it was better for them, wasn't yeah. it? That's it, it was better for <laughs> them. Quickly. There's a few people I'd quite like to wall up. <laughs> um, although you hear them for a while. There's So, immurement is the process of walling people mm. in... I think we've talked about this in the Grey Lady one. I like to one. talk about it. I like, yeah, I think it's a nice she, That was the Grey Lady of Tombland. There's a speculation that she was immune. Yeah. And we then said about how it was also seen as a kind of good luck charm. Yeah. Not for the people who were, who were walled up. But when the Romans built things, when people built, they would often put a body. Mm. And churches, didn't they? Yeah. I so, think so because there's some bad luck with the first body buried, but it has to look over it. That's why it's a dog. Yeah. We've been here before. But um, yeah, I kind of was looking at Edra, Edgar Allan Poe's story, The Cask of, I can't say it. Sounds, sounds like that song. Tell look. me the way to Armadillo or whatever it is. Look at, look at the top. The cask of... Yeah. Amontillado. There. Yeah, which was a man talking about how he was lured to a catacomb on the promise of some wine and the narrator then describes how he chains his enemy to the wall, seals him into the tomb with brick and mortar and leaves him to die a miserable death. Not mm. sure why. But that's immunement. You're basically... You're either chained up alive and you quickly die, or worse, quite often with nuns and monks who were ch- who were in, who suffered immurement, they would be walled up with just enough room to survive, mm. and they would have food and water given to them, so mm. they would be in a space that was smaller than a wardrobe. Because wasn't um, Julianne of Norwich? She was. She like, had a cell. She had a cell, she? but she was locked, like walled yeah. in that cell, and they just had a little. Yeah, a bit bigger, but I guess. I think she could. Li- that, I think she? she could. Yeah. I think she could lie down. This one, you would be standing, mm. and it's and awful, and you could live for quite some time, mm. if you know. I mean, but they would be begging to die. <laughs> so that's nice. Isn't that's a it? little giggle was so, worrying. Yeah, I know, it was just, it's just awful, isn't it? Just the, the, I just wonder what his connection then to Morley is because I couldn't see any actual. Because what would he have done there? I mean, w- Morley is very close to Wyndham, so maybe he went from Wyndham well, to Morley, committed some terrible crime that drove him mad. I'm not quite sure because I mean, the Abbey at Wyndham would have gone at the dissolution, mm. and that was around the time that the hall was being built. Mm. So unless he came to see it as blessed the ground or something, yeah. I don't know. But really, it's kind of for a little bit. Like, it's ju- a little bit after his time. Yeah, it's for them to assume it's him. It would a bit be. Of a jump. It would be more likely that monks had used that land for something else. For something else, and he's just and he's just hanging about. Yeah. Um, so it would be more likely that he, and I guess if people thought he was possessed by the devil, then he could have just been going and picking some beans and that would yeah. have been bad enough because he was possessed by Satan, yeah. wasn't he? But yeah, I, th- I don't I don't see the immediate link. I don't see why he would have been there. No. I would imagine that if he is there, then it's because they were there yeah. at that point, yeah. not that he came to the hall. Yeah, I think, I feel like if people did see something, I think they've just 
assumed misidentified and we've talked about misidentification of you know yeah like masses that's why so many people see victorian yeah, women because it's actually just a misidentification you yeah. see a, a long dress a long kind of clothing thing you assume it's like a monk or a nun that's why there are so many or... you just need to go to one of those halloween fright nights there will be a monk hanging yeah. around when there there will be so, one it's a it's a true it's a trope yeah. isn't it you see lots of bad monks yeah. and and they did to be fair even when i'm going to walsingham today if i see a nun out the corner of my eye there's a moment of kind of oh you know you think it's a very lovely nun yeah, He's, yeah. he just does god's work in a quiet way probably yeah. and um but there's something because we're so used to them being associated with horror films mm. and you know that kind of frightening organ there's music there's just like a, a moment of unnervedness yeah exactly when is that it a could unnervedness no no it's not <laughs> but it is now and we've said it twice so, so it if they true. did see anything i i think it probably would have been the spirit of this woman yeah rather than a monk and i think the De langley thing is just a, a convenient link so then we can talk interesting about interesting with the, <laughs> yeah that was good wasn't it and say about a mirman again which is my mastermind subject um i didn't even get in about the vestal virgins but no we, we have before um yeah, I think so. I think it's interesting that they don't talk about a visual a visual experience, that it's a feeling, mm. not even a smell, it's a feeling. Yeah. Yeah, you nobody's know. actually... Uh, there's the tale of apparently the she's rustle. been seen. So the hearing. But there's no actual written statements of someone seeing yeah. her. It's, Which is the weird thing, isn't yeah. it? Because, because it's, again, if you're in a Tudor house... It's a natural progression to think if it's not a monk, then to think that it's a lady, and you can see her now, can't yeah. you? You can picture. Yeah. yeah. We haven't. We're not there. We haven't seen it. We haven't witnessed it. But you can picture what you would think. Yeah, she would be like. Yeah, it would be like the cast of Wolf Hall, basically, yeah. in that room. Yeah. So it's odd that it's a feeling, and it's a, and it's also a drawing too, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's a, quite an unusual haunting, actually, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite, it is really interesting. It would be nice to know which window it was and if you can stay in that B&B room. We should stay in it. Sure you can. Mm. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you'd be able to work out which one it was. But mm. I would also like to see what kind of renovation has been done. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I looked at pictures from, I think, 2001, it was sympathetic, beautifully yeah. done. Yeah, I think it... Because they have weddings there and stuff as well. Yeah. And all the stuff I saw on their website, it looks lovely. Yeah, like, really very nice. sympathetic and not owning the ghost. No, but you know, but according fine. to it's not haunted experts, anyway. It's not haunted anyway, which is fine. Yeah, there was a reason in particular that I wanted to talk about this story because we're getting towards Halloween. We are, and this TV show had a massive influence on one of the most terrifying TV shows of all time. Like, should we talk about that? Yeah, I was actually got goosebumps when I was writing it and felt really funny. I was like, I think I do actually have, like, PTSD. So... I won't say his name. I found, um, when I was researching this story originally, when we first published it as a feature, I stumbled across... I searched Morley Old Hall, as you would, and Ghost. And I stumbled across the um, script for Ghostwatch. <gasps> I know. I feel like saying it's like... <laughs> Um, which you, your hate, your kind of not hatred of it, your fear of it, is there a part of that fear which is drawn to it? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Like when I was researching this episode, I then spent ages like watching clips of it on YouTube. I have got it on DVD. So Ghost Watch was aired on the thirty first of October, nineteen ninety two, 
and it caused a hullabaloo. <clears throat> it really did. Yeah. Because people, it was shown on the BBC, it wasn't really made that clear that it was... A, a, a documentary for, or a, a mockumentary. entertainment, yeah. Basically, you didn't really get mockumentaries no. in the 90s. This was like kind of one of the first of its kind. There is another one which I'll talk about, which was really interesting. But in in the um, in the screenplay, it is this the the little bit from the EDP is like quoted, you know, and, and saying how people saw it. And actually, watching the Morley Old Hall film and watching and remembering Ghost Watch, I can actually really see how it's influenced that kind of like. Like I said earlier, it was from a time when you couldn't just record stuff and go, yeah. didn't I see that? Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Did we see that? Yeah. Like, that kind of catching a glimpse of something. Yeah. I can really see the similarity of it. Yeah. And, and how the, in the old, Morley Old Hall one, the, like, Tony Cornell and the presenter are being really serious. They were really, you know, it was, it has so many similarities. And, and seeing something that influenced how I am today so much I actually felt really like it's like oh it's another tie to why Norfolk's so good yeah like, it is yeah this was actually a, a really important kind of stepping stone into how we view the paranormal now it, it, it's properly it's properly affecting this video isn't it we will post a link but it is um you know you kind of start and, and with the voiceover and that you, you can see how it could have looked quite mm. quite kind of farcical today mm. because it is that 1960s broadcaster kind of very bold you know mm. we're now putting in um, but actually you quickly forget that because it's so atmospheric yeah. and they're wandering around in the great in the grounds yeah. aren't they and there's kind of shells of follies yeah. and and then you have this very matter-of-fact interviews with people, whether it be at Mannington with the chap who's smoking and talking about a poltergeist walled up. But it's all done in a very... Un, you know, you can imagine that if that interview was now, any of those interviews were now, you know, if that was us interviewing those people, we'd kind of go, I'm sorry? Yeah. A poltergeist walled they up in your attic? Like... And they're just like, oh, right, OK, fine. And, but I can imagine, like, so seeing that... And so Stephen Volk was, like, the director and the writer of um, Ghostwatch... I can see, I can almost picture him watching that and thinking, I want to make something. Yeah. And that's what he did with Ghostwatch. Yeah. But obviously it was a, a parody, but especially at the start of Ghostwatch when the Sarah Green is like, into, it's, it's quite lighthearted, but they're taking it semi-seriously and yeah. nothing happens. Yeah. Like nothing is happening. And that's exactly what happened. I'm getting goosebumps now talking about thinking it. Thinking about it. But with the more old, Morley Old Hall one, nothing happens. But yet yeah, it's still, and then when you get the after effects of watching it and people are seeing things that's so similar to to ghost watch yeah. and, and you just catch these like little glimpses well with and with ghost watch it wasn't just people seeing things on screen and hearing things it was things happening in their own house wasn't yeah, it yeah that's it people were like so manifesting affected. yeah in, in the same way yeah. as they were when they watched this like genuine documentary yeah, to be fair i was thinking that i was surprised that there were no reports of things happening in mm. their houses yeah you know that it was all what they saw on screen yeah um, and there was no, and at the same time, my dog barked yeah. at something that they couldn't see, or my clock stopped, yeah. or which was a lot of what you got with Ghostwatch, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, which was, I mean, Ghostwatch had people ringing in, but they were all actors saying, yeah. oh, this is happening in my house. But that kind of like 
planting that seeds in the public's minds, then things started actually happening. And it's this idea of it being like a a mass seance is yeah. like, oh my god, it's so <laughs> But I was I was reading the other day about about people in their own homes who won't walk about in the dark, won't just mm. won't walk about because somehow you've got uh, your house that you know really well, but as soon as the lights go off, it's... Everything changes. Everything changes. Yeah. And if you, the minute you think, it's like, I don't know, it's like the old elephant in the room, isn't it? It's like somebody says, don't think about elephants, don't think about, mm-hmm. and that's all you can think about. Yeah. And, and it's the same kind of thing, isn't it? You're being told there might be a ghost somewhere. You're... If you're interested, you're suddenly watching that television screen with all your kind of like... Like we were. Yeah, yeah. as we did. I mean, to be fair, I suppose slightly different with us because we knew whereabouts it was coming. So that comes, as we said, towards the end when when he's being interviewed. Um, But having said that, if you're interested in this... And if they show it at the right time, I don't know when, what time of year they showed Which, it. Which, the Morley Oldwell? No, Old I don't know. I, I didn't actually get a... You know, I've got an idea. It's summer, bizarrely. I'm sure it's like August or June, mm. July. Anyway. But you show that at the right time. And I doubt that that was on early. I no. would imagine that was on one of the later. Yeah. So if it's dark outside and you're watching the telly and you're kind of, you know, and you're waiting to hear him say whether or not there was anything... Yeah, yeah. Which is the kind of denouement of the whole piece. You're waiting to hear if Tony says... Oh, yeah. it's haunted. It's haunted. So you're watching it pretty intently. And then, boom, suddenly you've got these shadows. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you interpret those shadows to be what, you know... Whatever, yeah. Yeah. It's... So do you think there's a ghost there? No. I think there might be. Do you think... Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think... I think there's not been any other reports... If Tony wasn't convinced, but you see, this is what makes me interested. So, do you think that ghosts always come back then? So they oh, can't just be like a one Oh, I thought you meant like now. Well, but that's not. Yeah, I suppose. So um, I don't think it's haunted now. You thought it was. I think something was there at some point. Yeah. Because I don't. I think it. It sounds like it had like a little, like flurry of activity, activity and then it's maybe it's because it was being renovated. Well, that. I was you just know? about to say that does is meant to like kick stuff up. I'm having my it? house renovated. I feel that you know. I feel quite. <laughs> I feel like if I was a spirit, I'd be hanging about in a bit of a rage. You know, <laughs> thinking I don't know what you've done there. Yeah, it's possible sure they might like colour. what you've done though. They're just coming to have maybe the disturbances just attract a spirit, and then if they like it, they'll move on. So maybe they really like what they did. The spirit likes what they've done with the place, and so has moved on because they're content. Well, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah, that's quite nice. I wish actually. I had one come and say, because I've made a few decisions I'm not sure about. So I quite like one to pop along. You go, no, yeah, it's fine, that's we're happy. Right. Yeah, we like that. We're not <laughs> quite so sure about what you've done in the kitchen, but you know. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant.